0: You're listening to a podcast from gravitychurch.com. Lodi,
1: California. Yeah? The things that we have been talking about the last couple of weeks, um, you know, there's different types of knowledge, right? There's the type of knowledge that we get from a book where we go to school. My cousin Mike was talking to me, he's in in college right now, and he's talking to me about how he does really good when it comes to his homework assignments, but when it comes to like his final exams, not so good. How many of you guys have ever learned that way, where you learn in the books and doing the homework, but when it comes to the test, it just, it's not the right application for your life. Many of us are like that. It's not that we're not learning the stuff, right, it's just that it's not being Asked correctly for our liking at the right time, right? We'd like to all tell our teachers, do away with the tests, and we'll all get along great. But the thing is, is that there's different types of learning. There's experiential learning. There's things that you go through in your life that nobody ever prepared you for. Things that you go through where you find yourself in the middle of it, and you're just like, what do I do now? How did I get here? A relationship that all of a sudden has just begun to dissolve at the seams. And you had no idea before you got into this relationship whether it was going to be a healthy one or an unhealthy one. Some of us have found ourselves in lifestyles of addiction where it starts off so great, you're just with your friends, you're just partying, everybody's throwing back a few, you're just doing whatever you're doing, and next thing you know, your life is in a a state where it's addicted to something that you never intended for it to be. And I've talked to lots of addicts over the last several months, and every single one of them that I've talked to, if you ask them the, the, the core question, do you like where you're at? They all say, no, I wish I wasn't here. But we learn differently. We find ourselves in situations where we learn things and sometimes it's unconventional, right? Sometimes it's just not reading a book. Others of us are very intellectual and we read. If we want to know something, we say, give me a book to read. I've got a friend like that. He's read so many books and he just, see, it just stuff just soaks into his head. All of us are different and all of us learn differently. And the stuff that we've been talking about is stuff that you have to learn for yourself, however it is that God is gonna speak it to you and reveal it to you. We've been talking about the most important things in our life, we've been talking about our heart. When we looked in scripture over the last couple of weeks, we found lots of different places that talk about how the heart is the center of our lives. It's where everything revolves around in our lives. It's our heart, and, and in the Bible, they use this term heart thousands of times. You can find it in ancient, ancient scriptures where guys were talking about their relationship or their understanding of God and they would say, God speaks to me in my heart. Jesus used the word heart. Jesus in his teaching talked about a heart. He would make statements about how we can look at our heart to see who we really are. As a matter of fact, if you read the Bible and you look at what it means when it uses the word heart, it literally means your mind, your will, your emotions, or your conscience. This is what your heart is. This is where all of your decisions are made from. This is where your pain goes. When you go through something really hard and really difficult and somebody hurts you, you feel it in your heart. When you go to make a decision, you make the decision from your heart. It's the real you. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that when we look at our reflection in water, that's the way it is with the heart. It's the true person. It's who we really, really are. So I want you to say something with me. I mean, you don't have to participate, but you said you wanted to learn something tonight. So I'm going to ask you to make a statement with me. This is just to open your mind up to learning. And I want you to say, I want to learn what's in my heart. Would you say it with me? Say, I want to learn what's in my heart. Say it again. Say, I want to learn what's in my heart. See, last week, we talked about this. Remember my broken computer that I dropped in front of everybody? It's, a, it's an extra. It's a spare. Thank you, Jeffrey, too, for by the way, for giving me an extra. Um, we talked about how your heart is like the hard drive of a computer. Everything that's ever happened to you, it gets stored in your heart. And everywhere you go, you take your heart with you. The good stuff, the love, oh man, you guys remember junior high being in love for the first time? I mean, come on. What was her name, guys? Come on, think of it right now. That's it. I remember my first, my first legit real girlfriend, kindergarten. Right? Yeah. I still remember her name, but I'm not going to say it because this stuff goes on the internet. So, But that's where this goes. It all goes into our hard drive. It goes into our heart. And everywhere we go, we take it with us. And then you know what? When we find ourselves making decisions, we make decisions from our hard drive, from our heart. And so if you've been hurt, it's right here. If you've been loved, it's right here. It all stays right there, and it goes with you. And that's where we live out of. That's where we store our stuff, and that's where we make our decisions from. And so this is important stuff. And so the reason I ask you if you want to learn something tonight is because each one of us has to deal with our own hearts. Because what we learned last week is that the heart doesn't work right unless it's open. The heart doesn't work right unless it's open. Some of us think, some of us think that we can open our heart to God, but close our heart to each other. And somehow we think it's going to work right. And it's not. Our heart only works right when it's open all the time. The heart is like a valve. It either opens or closes. And if it closes, it's closed everything and everybody, including God and including each other. And so we've got to look at what's inside of our hearts tonight. We've got to look at what is inside of us, because this is the real us. Are you ready? Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 13. We're gonna read a story that talks about our hearts. We've been talking about our hearts for a few weeks now, and we're not done, and tonight, we're gonna go a little deeper, and then next week, we're we're gonna talk about it some more. But in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus tells a very, very interesting story about our hearts. He says in Matthew chapter 13, verse 1, Jesus left the house and went down to the shore where an immense crowd soon gathered. He got into a boat where he sat and taught as the people listened on the shore. He told many stories such as this one. The story goes like this. A farmer went out to plant some seed As he scattered it across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on the shallow soil with underlying rock. The plants sprang up quickly, but they soon wilted beneath the hot sun, and they died because the roots had no nourishment in the shallow soil. Other seeds fell among thorns that shot up and choked out the tender blades, but some seeds fell on fertile soil. And they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Jesus says, anyone who is willing to hear should listen and understand. He goes on a little bit later in the story, and we pick up in verse number 18. He says, now here is the explanation of the story that I told about the farmer sowing grain. The seed that fell On the hard path, it represents those who hear the good news about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches the seed away from their hearts. The rocky soil represents those who hear the message and they receive it with joy. But like young plants in such soil, their roots don't go very deep. At first, they get along fine, but they wilt as soon as they have problems or are persecuted because they believe the word. The thorny ground represents those who hear and accept the good news, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares of this life and the lure of wealth, so no crop is produced. But the good soil represents the hearts of those who truly accept God's message, and they produce a huge harvest, 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted pretty interesting parable that Jesus tells here. Jesus uses an illustration of farming. Now, I've never been a farmer. I don't know if anybody here has ever had much experience with growing things before. But he talks about the fact that there's two different dynamics that have to happen in this reaction. There's the seed, and then there's the soil. There's two parts to it. The seed, it's really small, and it carries with it whatever it is that we're trying to grow, the characteristics, the properties of this plant or whatever. The seed carries the life, if you will. But if this seed doesn't get planted into soil that will receive it and will do its part, then no life will take place, right? then no plant will begin to grow. Then no tree will grow. No fruit will come from this tree. Nothing will take place if the seed and the soil aren't matched together correctly. And Jesus talks about the four different types of soil in this story. He talks about hard soil. He talks about soil that's packed down. I don't know if any of you guys have ever dealt with, with any kind of dirt experience, except for when you're a little kid digging in the dirt. But I'm going to tell you from experience that there is dirt out there that I have watched men pack so hard with a piece of equipment that you can't even scrape your fingernail over the top of it because it's so hard. It becomes like concrete. It becomes so hard that you can drop anything on it and nothing is going to get through. And you know what Jesus tells us in the story? Jesus says that some of our hearts are just as hard as that. Where no matter what you hear, no matter what you see when you look around the world, no matter what you hear with, with your voice of other people's stories or whatever, your heart is so hard that nothing is going to get through it. And then he talks about some other types of soil. He talks about how sometimes we hear things and we understand it for a short time and we go, wow, that, that makes sense. You know, this whole God thing. You know, my life has, has really not gone down a very good road. And this guy, he's telling me about religion. And I think maybe I ought to add a little religion to my life. I think it makes a little bit of sense. And the Bible says that the message, we hear it, but it goes into some soil that's just really shallow. And it doesn't produce anything. It doesn't go any deeper than that. It talks about the soil that gets choked out because it starts off right, but then instantly we look around the world and we see society and we see all of the things that we don't have. Sometimes it happens right right in the church world where we look around at the lives of other people and we go, well I want what that guy has and I want what that guy has. And we start questioning God and we start looking at everything that's not right and the Bible says it's like weeds and it just starts to choke us and nothing good comes from it. But there's a fourth type of soil. There's a soil that is soft and fertile. It's a soil that has had somebody do the work, of preparation, to get the ground loosened up to where it's soft and it receives the seed when it goes into it. And that's what you and I have to have if we're gonna go deep in understanding what God has for us. We have to have our hearts opened up. And sometimes opening up a hard heart, it hurts. Sometimes opening up a hard heart, it's hard to do. It requires a lot of things that sometimes we don't wanna do. It requires forgiveness, It requires looking back over our life and answering deep questions that sometimes we would rather just leave them well enough alone. I don't want to look back over the stuff I've been through. But if we want our hearts to be in a place where we can receive what God has for us, we have to let our hearts be opened up. I want to share a story with you tonight. We're about ready to watch a video of a good friend of mine that we've had the pleasure of getting to know recently. And this this lady and her family have let God open up her heart. When I first met her, her heart was under lockdown. Her heart was protected. She had been through literal hell on earth. Her story is amazing, way, way, way more than I can tell or she can tell in a little five-minute video. But I'm telling you, her heart was on lockdown because of the pain that she had been through and the circumstances of her life. And I watched her come to God with her heart in her hand like this and say, God, I don't trust you, God, I'm scared to let you have it, God, I don't, I don't really think this is gonna work, but I watched week after week, God begin to just open up the grip that she had on her heart to where she finally were able, was able to go like this to God. And when God came in and opened up Amy's heart, everything changed. Would you guys watch this video and let God speak to your hearts? I gave you my heart in exchange for a brand of stuff. You're about to see a story of Amy. She's a lady that we met at Gravity on a Saturday night. And when we first met her, she was in place of uh, real difficulty in life. She had lost her job, She's a single mom. She's going through a lot of hard, hard times. And over the course of several months, I watched her open up to God. I watched God pull her and I watched her respond. And as a result of that interaction, I watched God get a hold of her heart in a way that was really, really real. And over the course of the next several months, Amy has learned what it is to walk with God and walk with Jesus. Open your hearts and listen to what she has to say. I gave you my heart
0: in exchange. My name is Amy McKeel and this is my story Hurdles, downhill spirals Our life changed drastically for the worse in a sense For a long time I was unable to care for them or myself I lost my job, my husband my license I lost who I was A lot of it was drugs A lot of it was medical and drugs Um, But up until about I'd say a year ago My head was clear. I was off drugs. I was off medical drugs. Um, I wasn't having medical complications anymore. I had a job again. I had a home again. I had my kids. And a good friend of mine who has been there, and I thank her for that grace that would be always going to church. And I thought, this is it. (laughs) She's loving it, and I want to be a part of it. The day I was there, I loved it. I loved walking in the doors. I loved the smiles that greeted me. Um, I felt like I knew everybody before I even knew their names. My roommate, who I thought was going to be our roommate for a while, um, locked my son out of the home. And when she locked him out, he had the key. Um, She took the key and basically locked us out, gave me one day to get our belongings, and put us on the street. I felt as if I had so many things I had to deal with. My family should be first, and I realized church is where we needed to be. And Jason introduced me to Vince. I'm very grateful for him. All I remember him saying is, Amy, if you ever need a blanket or food or anything, it doesn't matter what it is, Here's my number and call. I got that number and called and said, "I just moved into a place. I'm so out of money. We need food." He didn't even hesitate. Before I knew it, <laughs> food was in the house, and you think we hadn't had a meal in weeks. And it was awesome. And right then and there, I just couldn't believe, honestly, this is the moment. I mean, I I felt it from the second he sat down that Everything was gonna be off my chest. Everything I wanted and needed was there, and I think for the next 30 minutes—I might have been longer—I balled and he prayed, and <laughs> what I was searching for for, for so long had been right next to me, right there. I gave you my heart, and at that moment, I felt God with me. Um, as we talked, everything just came out, and it was just easy, and it felt right. Um, I felt like i this is where I was at and where I needed to be, and finally someone heard me. And even though it was Jason, I felt God in me for the first time I've probably seen in my life. Even, I mean, I was raised Catholic, but I mean, I felt his presence and, and his love and... I knew everything from that moment it was good, I mean, life was good, and even though I had never opened up like I had to Jason, I knew I was safe, and I was, as Jason was saying, I was going to be leaning on someone so strong, and that God is he's been my rock, and I'm leaning still hard, and loving
1: it. When Amy came in Tuesday night to Gravity Flow, she was really, really distraught about something. She told me how her oldest son had been giving her a lot of difficulty in the home and how hard it was for her to watch this dynamic between him and the rest of the family. We all talked about it, and we began to pray that night. We prayed that God would open up James's heart. We prayed that God would speak to him specifically, and we prayed that God would restore this relationship that had gone wrong. Amy was afraid that she was going to lose James. She hadn't heard from him, and he was a far away from home. When she left that night, she didn't know what was going on, but she knew that she could trust God. I'll tell you, God's
0: doing this for me, and I almost feel like... Someone needs to know about this besides all of us that have been praying, because it's, it's getting to me. It's, it's powerful. It's overwhelming. When James came home, he squeezed me and held me like I've never been held by anyone in my life. Um, so tight. He said, Mom, I don't doubt you. I'm with you. And he'd been doubting my religion and my faith in God. And, not because he doesn't believe, because he thought it was just a show I was doing. And he said, together, we're all going to do it. And he said, James, we're here, a family, we're going to give you a big up. And I'd say four to seven minutes without exaggerating, he's still squeezing me with your life. And we didn't let go. And as we cried together, I knew everything was going to be just great. And as much as I wanted to wake Megan up and scream at her... I did it. I waited. <laughs> but James is home. And, and I, thanks for the prayers. I really believe God is so strong, even stronger than Jason let it have to be. <laughs> and I don't hold anything to ask him. Everything is powerful. Everything we ask for with prayer is possible. And I could give you 50 other ways that God has been there just in this past three, four months. And. I love where I'm at. I love my family. I love gravity. I love, I love God. I love
1: life. Say something funny, Megan. Put a fist in the air. You ready for change. The race is not given to the swift or to the strong. You got to endure. I'm telling you to hold on. Come on. When the sun died, it died. Um, Tuesday night this last week we uh, we started something that Shauna was announcing, it's called Gravity Flow we've experienced in our lives that um, God wants to do stuff with us a lot of times we think that if you want to get to know God, you've got to go to church and that's where it all happens and I'm not discounting that because when we come here on a Saturday night, it's a great time and we experience things here that we don't experience any other time in our life. There's nowhere else that I experience this kind of a dynamic with God. But get me, hear my heart. I experience God all day, every day. He goes with me to work. He goes with me when I'm talking to my kids and he goes with me when I'm, I'm out recreating with my friends and having fun. God is present in my life all the time. It's just that when I come here, it's a different way of connecting with him. It's special, it's, it's intimate, and it's, it's unique. But what we've come to find out is that God wants to use us just the way that we are in all kinds of situations in life. There's people in your life right now that want to have a conversation with God. and God wants you to be the one to connect them together. He wants you to be the one just to open up your mouth and begin to just be who you are and let God come out of you. To love just like you do. So, Saturday, or Tuesday nights is a night where we have just kind of carved out a couple hours of our schedule and our time to let God use us. We don't know what it's going to look like, but this last week, we had a chance to pray with Amy and, and actually a couple people that night. And when Amy left here, she was really distraught. And that video kind of shares the story a little bit, but she left here knowing God was going to take care of the relationship with her son. Two hours later, her son, who she hadn't heard from, sends her a text message and says, Mom, I'm coming home. Leave the door open. And she says that when he came home, it was a different person. He wasn't angry anymore. He wasn't looking at her and saying all the hurtful things. He walked up and gave her a big old hug and said, Mom, I want to be with you. It's going to be all right. And the next day, when she was talking to him, he said something to her that was so profound. One of the things that we prayed for that, news, that night was we said, God, Would you speak to James's heart? You're the only one that can speak his language. And when he came home, he told his mom, God, spoke to my heart, Mom. God, talked to me. That's crazy, isn't it? That's crazy. And Amy was freaking out because she's like, it's not supposed to happen this fast. You know, we pray and like within two hours, this is crazy. And we're just like, I know, this is nuts, huh? But the thing is about this story that I love so much that we just read about the the seeds and the plant and, and all the stuff that goes with us, that goes with it, is that God's very much a part of our lives. He's very much active in what's going on. And tonight we're going to take communion. And this is a time for you to be active with God. We're going to do this like we always do. We've got communion elements up here and out here and we're going to sing a song or two and we're just going to open up our hearts. But this is the thing. As we piece by piece, layer by layer, open up our hearts and, and next week we're going even deeper with our hearts to see what's inside of us. But you're the only one. You're the only one that can take the shovel to your heart and crack the hard surface. You've got to make that choice. Tonight when you come up, I want you to take an extra minute, and I want you to look at these two canvases that are on the right and on the left, where you're sitting. And I want you to take a moment, I want you to read the words and the definition of what it means to be changed. And then I want you to read the definitions of what it means to be unchanged. You see, God wants to change you. God wants to change you right where you're at. He wants to take everything that we're learning and everything that we're talking about and he wants to use it in your life as something that brings about change. He wants to use it in your life to open up your heart. See, we learned that your heart can't work if it's not open. The other thing that we learned is that your heart doesn't work if it's hard. Your heart can't be hard. Your heart's gotta be soft. Your heart has to feel when it gets hurt. Your heart has to be be able to be put into play in order for God to be able to speak to it and for you to respond the way that he wants you to respond. And I want to challenge you tonight that as we come to this, this communion table, and as we come together tonight, that we would come with the intention of saying to God, God, I am remembering the great sacrifice that you did on the cross, but God, more than anything, I wanna take these few moments and let you soften me up. So would you stand? We're gonna go ahead and have communion together tonight.
0: You've been listening to gravitychurch.com.